Hello, and welcome to the second of our album preview shows. Today we're previewing Big Bad Wolf's album Pond Life, which came out yesterday and is currently available for digital download on the Bandcamp website. If you just search for Big Bad Wolf Pond Life, you'll find them right there. An absolute beauty of an album. They're pressing at the moment, so if you want to wait for a CD like I do, so you can drive along with the volume cranked up dangerously loud in your Nissan Micra, you can do that as well. Big Bad Wolf describe themselves as a jazz rock quartet, and they've been running in London for about two years now. The band consists of Owen Dawson on trombone, Michael D'Souza on bass, Rob Luft on guitar, and Jay Davis on drums. The four of them are graduates of the Royal Academy of Music, but they've taken an alarming turn off course with this bad boy. Now with no more fuss, let's talk to the chaps about their album. So chaps, tell me about the music. Okay, so um, the album that we just released is called Pond Life and it is um, music that we've written over the last two years together. Um, and the kind of way we do it is we improvise as a group um, and record it and then we kind of come back to it, cut it up a little bit, edit it and for, kind of remove a lot of the initially completely improvised elements to the music and just uh, kind of make parts out of those improvisations for ourselves. So actually we kind of do the reverse of what a lot of jazz bands do, which is uh, improvise, um, play compositions and then improvise on them. We kind of improvise and then make compositions out of them a lot of the time. Yeah, that's pretty yeah, it. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. That's nice. Mark Lockhart taught me how to do that at college. Um, yeah. And it's the only thing that's ever really worked for me. I quite like doing that. Yeah, it's great, man. It's really a good vibe. And it's really nice to do it with other people. Like, uh, Yeah, that's amazing. I'd never thought to expand from one to four. Um, yeah, yeah. I think it's a great thing because you've got four people and you're basically writing your own parts. Yeah. So you know what your instrument does well, but also you can give other people ideas on their instruments, which obviously you don't know how to play perhaps so well, but you can give ideas and it definitely encourages you to do different things but also you're writing your own part so you know what sounds good on the instrument as well yeah and it's all it's all kind of automatically memorized from the beginning because you start from scratch anyway yeah, yeah sort of, and it sort of allows for any freedom you want or you either want or don't want to put in <clears throat> later on you sort of have that freedom from automatically memorizing it when you write it yeah nothing's ever written down it's all uh it's all just in the head from the start oh wow that's really cool I would have uh, thought you'd like write it down for some kind of safety reasons, just to be, you could get. Well, uh, we, we record it on our, like, well, we usually on Rob's phone, like at the end of every session, like when we, when we, like, you know, we have a rehearsal and we're deciding, okay, we're going to start writing a tune now. We'll spend about, you know, four hours coming up with an initial idea and then we'll have to definitely record that. So the next time we have a rehearsal, whether mm. it's in one week or two or whatever, we, 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 we play back the recording and uh, hopefully it's been like kind of yeah. in everyone's mind and then minds and then new ideas come to the surface after the gap. It's, it's only good yeah. to do that as well, to record something and then have a couple of, well, a week or a couple of days, however long it is, to, to think about it by yourself and then come back to the group where everyone comes back with new ideas about it and discuss that and then basically workshop everything further. 
How long does it take you then to go from start usually to a finished tune? Normally within within two sessions we've normally I want to say it's like two maybe three or four hour blocks we've normally got the main part of a piece and, and then we might spend another session where we do something else just tweaking a couple of bits of it doing the finishing touches or whatever but I don't know I'd say maybe 10 hours per tune or something from complete start to being completely finished mm. as a rough guess you know some yeah. of them take hours is good 10 hours is like concise yeah, yeah. So how does the how does the initial groove kind of come about? Do you like improvise a few others and then sort of pick something that you like when you're listening back to it? Well, it, the, the the sort of different parts of each tune have, have sort of like written themselves in different orders. Right. Often, you know, from tune to tune. So sometimes it starts with a groove, or you know, we'll pick something out that either I did or Mike did on bass, or Rob plays on guitar. Often that's where the grooves come from initially. So there'll be a little rhythmic hook that you can grab onto and then we kind of like flesh the rest of the groove out from there yeah i think that's mainly how those sort of heavier grooves come about but then often um they'll be changed when the harmony sort of takes more shape and we sort of really start to figure out what the character of the tune is going to be because that that kind of ends up dictating what sort of groove we put on it as well you know yeah whether it needs to be a real sort of you know punchy groove or just something that just ticks along a bit more mellow you know it's kind of the grooves are still kind of shaped as much by the harmony as any other part of the tune really there's some beauties on this album the other thing with them that is that it was often reflected by whoever starts an improv thing that we record often that ends up being like the kind of character of, of the whole piece so if for example one of the pieces that we rec- we've recently written after we recorded the album that we're playing at the moment is a reflection of like a load of Brazilian stuff. There's like a Brazilian-y kind of groove that I had been working on. And then I kind of just thought, oh, in this little improv we were doing, I'll drop this kind of Brazilian rhythm in. And it's really simple. And um, then we, as Jay says, we kind of fleshed it out after the fact, you know, and but it, we stuck with it and... Um, so yeah, and if Jay or if Jay's working on some metric thing or whatever it is, it's like you just improvise it into the into a jam basically, and yeah. then see how far, how far, how how what the mileage is of it basically. Yeah. You know? I think I think that's a nice point to make actually as well as you can kind of hear our influences in each tune. You know, we'll come and there'll maybe be you know a, a few months in between one tune and another tune that we start working on mm. and you can kind of hear the different things we've been listening to in a way yeah. yeah hopefully you know really clearly but you can kind of pick up on the fact that we've been listening to different stuff and that's been influencing the way that we're approaching the improvisations as well yeah i did a gig once at the nlt where i'd written a tune based on an ambrose akinmusir chart mm. that i've been listening to and um and i i replayed it and everyone clapped and then it was really small audience and Ruben Fowler was sitting in front of me and he just said, hey man, isn't that like Henya, that Ambrose track? And I was just like, oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> I just got nailed for it. Yeah, busted <laughs> indeed. But no, there's, it's... I think that's harder to do when you've got four people because I'm not sure. I suppose we listen to similar things and yeah. we're always sharing what we're listening to with each other. But when we come to write something, everyone's bringing their 
their own inspiration. So mm. I think that that helps yeah. stay away from doing that, just yeah. rewriting other things. And, and by us all listening to new things, maybe that helps keep it interesting and moving on because we're all bringing different things all the time. And when people's tastes are changing, then the mix of those four tastes together changes the, the sound of the group and the sound of the next composition. So exactly, yeah. If for example, like Rob brings, as I said, like a Brazilian thing that he's been working on. The rest of us are going to hear that in a completely different way, and it's going to maybe if he's hearing it. Yeah, I don't even know that's what yeah, it was. Yeah, I mean, I don't even. This is the first we're hearing it, but yeah. But um, and then which tune are you talking about, by the way? Uh, <laughs> uh, talking about a tune that we wrote about a month ago, uh, called Apricots. Oh right, okay, um, yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, right at the beginning. Right at the beginning, it's really influenced yeah. by like a traditional Brazilian <clears> thing <throat> called foro, forró. Yeah, but you definitely wouldn't think that to listen to it because it's kind of very electronic now and mm. like yeah everyone kind of without knowing the rob's like kind of context in his mind went with a totally in a totally different direction with it just because of the nature of the improvising and stuff yeah that's come up in other times as well we've written a piece and uh, especially some of the earlier pieces we don't actually know, normally talk theoretically too much about what we're doing and there have been a couple of times where we've been hearing pieces like having the key centered in a different place or even mm. Sometimes the, the, the time of the piece, yeah, the one different place or time signature, like people feeling it yeah. like twelve yeah. eight groovy to four, or some people feeling it in six yeah. beats. Completely different, yeah, completely yeah. different time signatures. And then only later on, maybe when we've been rehearsing it, trying to get it sounding a little tighter as a group, we've then discussed how we're feeling it mm. and realised that everyone's actually feeling it in different ways. And yeah. like Hopkins' choice, which is on the album, yeah, which, um, there's a, a very climactic section. I remember when we were like, improvising that. I mean. Jay and I were I guess like holding down a pretty regular groove and then Rob and Owen were trying to put together this um like hemiola type thing. I can't even remember exactly what it is, but we all know the sound of it now. Yeah, but it only comes back. It, we worked we worked actually I think we worked it out at one point in it. It was it happened to be this bizarre rhythmic phrase which sounds really natural on when you play it, but it, I think at some point I sat down and worked out that it would only come back round with the other guy's parts, like once every 36 bars or something you know it was like something ludicrously long but it's really simple but we because we don't discuss this kind of stuff this is like probably the most dis in-depth conversation we've ever had about let's check out a bit of hopkins choice now So tell me about the singing. Oh, the singing? Yeah, where does uh, that come from? Who's responsible for that? I started it because we I was playing in a band. Just uh, to be clear, who's speaking? For bless Rob. the audience who are putting up with this five-man call. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. 
this is Rob's beat. <laughs> right, sweet. Um, I kind of started the singing because at the time we started this band, I was also playing in another band, which I suppose some might say is dormant at the moment. In mm. fact, I think most people would say is dormant. And in that band, there was a lot of singing and I kind of got inspired by that. And also by bands like British bands, like the invisible um, Tom Herbert's band with David Coomer and Leo Taylor, John Taylor's son. Um, and they are like jazz musicians who started singing to kind of potentially expand um, the accessibility of the music and also because it's just a, a, a texture that's open to a band with two guitarists in it you know it's a it's a really accessible texture and was one that we were interested in trying to get together I mean we're still very much uh, getting it together it's a work in progress the singing thing it takes so it's, you know it really helps you appreciate how difficult it is to be a singer when you have to sing uh, on gigs it's mm. really hard yeah um, and um, <laughs> Um, so we, you know, we've had um, good, good times and some pretty poor times on gigs it's with sound <laughs> and tuning and all the usual stuff um, that, you know, is, it, but actually it's been a really great learning experience having to sing regularly. Do you and all sing on the album? Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, now actually I was the one that started it, but at the moment, um, Owen and, and, Mike have just written some some new lyrics, and um, I think Mike wrote um, a whole song basically on the album Grassfish. Mike basically wrote that whole song, mm. and um, and Owen also sings it on that. And there's also bits in another song called Typewriter, in which we all sing as like the four of us singing. So yeah. it's it's all you know we're very much muck in you know it's yeah, just yeah. Getting, get involved kind of vibe. Oh, it's great because it comes across like that. As a listener, it's really hard to know what's going on and who's doing yeah. anything. Yeah. You know, it's great. It's often not the first thing that, well, in fact, I don't think it's ever been the first thing that's happened in a piece either. It's normally when it comes later, so we may, maybe even write the whole rest of the piece and then think perhaps it needs some, needs some vocals. That, that might be the thing that's going to make it rather than having perhaps a trombone or a guitar playing the melody. Yeah. Have some vocals in there might mm. might. I don't know, bring something else to it, having some words there. And Mike's written some great lyrics, a couple of things. Recently, actually, the last, the latest thing we've written, which is obviously not on the album, is a, is a whole song, actually. So all the rest of the tunes we're singing tend to have a song section and then large instrumental sections as well. We've just actually written a whole whole song, basically, where they're singing singing throughout. But, um, so that's the first thing we've got on that. When we were writing in the process, we just we just kind of do it on our instruments for the mm. most part. And then if we reach a point where we're like, this feels like it just wants vocals in it, or it wants, so we wants to be a song. Then mm. I guess we just decide, let's try and go with that then. Not, yeah. not feel limited, oh, we're just jazz musicians that play instruments. Yeah. Uh, let's try and just like, make it about serving the music. In yeah. That demands something different from us or not. Mm. Yeah. I guess we'll kind of take that approach with all of it. I mean, because like from the start, we've been trying to, push our own boundaries of what we're used to doing musically and try and um, you know because we're all from like a very jazz background we're all very much interested in kind of um, you know pushing our own boundaries and trying to push the boundaries of what we're used to hearing as well and I guess that just extends to the singing as well yeah that's really cool it sounds amazing um, one last question then about the electronics Rob do you do all of that no I'm not doing I'm not doing, I mean, I'd say I probably might have been the the 
first person in the group to play with. When we first started improvising together, I was the, maybe the only one using loads of pedals. Yeah. Um, but um, I'm still using loads of pedals, but the other guys are all using loads of pedals now, including Mike on the bass six, which yeah. is a really interesting one because it's like that's the sound of a guitar tuned down an octave to be the same picture as a bass guitar. Yeah. Um, but with an extra two guitar strings on, on the higher register. So you basically get two guitars playing together, but one is an octave lower. And Mike's using a whole host of effects, different effects. Yeah. And then I suppose the main addition was about 18 months ago, which is when we I suggested yeah. to Owen that he gets some electronics for his, some pedals, some effects pedals for his trombone. Yeah. Um, and then that's been a huge developing thing. Yeah, I suppose that's kind of a real, a real part of it now, actually. Just especially with the live, the live setting, playing with loads of pedals, and also got a little synthesizer involved now as well with some of the uh, some of the new tunes. Oh, cool! Yeah, when it came to the album, actually, most of the electronic stuff in there you hear is Alex Kilpatrick's work, especially on the trombone. Most of that was recorded, mm -hmm. recorded clean, and then he, yeah, did absolute wonders with it afterwards. But um, yeah, in a live a live setting, yeah, I'm playing with loads of pedals. Uh, just to create a variety of sounds, really, I was just finding that um, as much as the sound of the trombone can be versatile, I found within, within this group against the, the two guitars, well, the guitar and the bass six and the whole variety of sounds they could get, I was finding myself a little, um, I don't know, a little frustrated yeah. with the lack of sounds from the trombone. And obviously, people use mutes and things with brass instruments, but they certainly have strong connotations of, uh, well, depending on what meters of certain things, but maybe like, Big band music and other other yeah, certain styles definitely. are appropriate for this. And as well, with, with playing in this setup, I was going to have to be amplified in some way anyway. I thought it was a an appropriate way to go, and then it just sort of built up from there. Playing in this group, trying out, and in other settings as well to to work out what really worked. Because um, certainly took a lot of experimenting actually to find the equipment that worked. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And obviously, none of that equipment is designed to be used really with a microphone or with a horn. It's, yeah. It's, our equipment so there were a lot of hurdles to overcome at the start but yeah it's still developing absolutely i can't say i've uh, I've, I've cracked it 100 percent and never will you know it's a great thing that you can keep keep experimenting and finding different things with with all that equipment all the time and it can be an expensive endeavor to keep experimenting yeah. well that as well yeah 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 we're always we're always talking amongst us are oh, what distortion are you using and what you know this distortion pedal makes sounds really good on a bass and this delay pedal has this particular, it's like all this stuff is going on. So it's actually really good for all of us to have this band just to talk about electronics and stuff. <laughs> like a support group. Yeah, we're just a bunch of gearheads, man. It's a kind of spinal yeah. tap vibe going on. <laughs> Beautiful. Like where I guess we would have previously, I don't know about other people, but like, you know, coming from jazz, I mean, you, you kind of really nitpick about really like a, you know, challenging harm, harmonic things or whatever, but the focus is much less on that with this band. It's more, a lot of our like chord progressions are very simple, like, like staying in one key, and the focus is more on kind of textural things, um, a lot of rhythmic things, but um, I thought the harmony is still very much considered, but it's sound, isn't it? It's sound. just sound in, yeah, in, in a much broader way, I think, and that's kind of why we started, we started caring a lot more about all the you know, details of the pedals, etc. Yeah, yeah. Go on, and, and with the album as well, just we were all really keen to let Alex 
Kilpatrick do his thing with it and have a lot of control over it and a lot of control over the sound there because there's certainly a massive difference uh, in terms of the, just the sound instruments and things that he's added to it from what we recorded to where it ended up being. And he really added his own thing, almost like he was part of the band when it came to that point. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh, sorry, an interesting thing with that was because obviously I'm the only person in the band playing drums um, yeah. that's not using effects or electronics myself. But like, I like to try and recreate the sound of electronic drums using sort of preparing the drum kit. So I've got an extra drum head mm -hmm. that to make it sound like a drum machine, snare drum, and all sorts of other accoutrements that go on the cymbals and things like that to make these sort of electronic sounds. But mm -hmm. it was really interesting to see how Alex took that in the studio and recreated those sounds using genuine electronic effects Yeah, of recreating these sounds that I've made by just putting things on top of the drums. It, that was really cool to see yeah. what he was doing with that. And it's yeah. come out sounding really interesting as a result as well. Mm. Yeah. It's one steaming album. Um, oh, and it, so it's came out yesterday um, <laughs> and it can be found on Bandcamp. Yes. When your albums are pressed, where will we find them? Um, in various places, on our, we've got a website, which is bigbadwolf.london. They'll be available on there. Also, through Bandcamp and through various other places. And we'll be selling them at the gigs uh, as well. We've got this whole tour book now Amazing. through April, May. And there's a couple of dates in June as well. Great, because um, this is the first show where we've recorded sure. anyone um, in an Austrian nunnery. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, so... I hope it's not the last. <laughs> So oh, when are you playing in, in the UK? Uh, on the first uh, UK date is on Thursday, Matt and Fred's. Oh, cool, uh, in Manchester. Yeah, so mm -hmm. sort of going around the UK uh, for the next couple of months. And the main album launch is at a place called the Job Centre down in Deptford on the 6th of May. The pub in Deptford. Yeah. On cool. Deptford High School. Yeah. Right. So that's, uh, that's what it's all, um, all aiming for, really. That's the main, the main one of them all. Fantastic. Yeah, man. Well, chaps, thanks so much for coming on our monthly album preview show to talk about the truly incredible creation, Pond Life. Um, I'm going to play one more track from it for our own pleasure. Um, yeah. So, thank you very much. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. Thank you so much.